Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome to Scran, the podcast passionate about the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and on this episode, I'm very excited to share with you interviews I did with two of the recipients of the recent Scran Awards. The Scran Awards took place at the end of June and celebrated the best in Scottish food, drink and hospitality. First up, you'll hear from Callum Montgomery, chef owner of Edinburgh Lodge on the Isle of Skye. Callum is a truly remarkable chef who has achieved so much in his career at such a young age. At the Scran Awards, he was named Best Scottish Chef of the Year. We chat about how he started out in chefing and eventually came to open Edinburgh Lodge. Callum has a very clear view on how he wants his business to operate and shows his passion for sustainability, provenance and innovation. Our producers and our suppliers aren't just people that I've worked with over the years, they're people that I've grown up with over the years, they're family members, they're friends, they're friends of friends, and people that I bump into the local supermarket here. I also spoke with Stephen McLaughlin of restaurant Andrew Fairley at Glen Eagles, who won the award for outstanding contribution to the industry. Stevie takes me right back to how a chance timetable scheduling as a teenager may have impacted the rest of his life. He tells me all about how meeting Andrew Fairley shaped his journey and how working in such a respected restaurant presents many opportunities as well as challenges, particularly in this post-pandemic world. I wrote a letter to the head chef who got me in for an interview for a placement. I vividly remember what I was wearing that day. Dark blue jumbo cords, had a green and purple striped shirt, had a purple leather tie with a big eyewear horse on it, a black leather jacket and a pair of brown shoes. I'm joined by Callum Montgomery of Edinburgh Lodge on Sky, who won Scottish Chef of the Year at the Scran Awards. Hi, Callum, how are you? Hi, Ros, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Nice to see you. I know we've kind of spoken before, but I've not really chatted a lot. So it's nice to have you on Scran. So for anyone that doesn't know, could you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be where you are today in your role at Edinburgh Lodge? Yeah, no problem. I'll probably just immediately apologise in case you heard a bit of snoring there. It's my dog just in the background. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> I've got a wee King Charles Spaniel and he's, he likes to snore a lot in his sleep. Uh, so, oh, well, at least yeah. he's not barking. Yeah. My dog is usually the one who's barking in the background. So. <laughs> well, hopefully nobody's uh, 
snoring through what I'm about to say. So, um, yes. I, yeah, my name's Carl Montgomery. Uh, I'm 33. I'm from the Isle of Skye. Raised in Portree my whole life. Got ancestors back in Skye back like a couple hundred years. And basically I've uh, taken on the role of chef owner of Edinburgh Lodge since 2017. I'd started working from the age of 14 in different kitchens in Portree and then moved away down to Glasgow I moved back up to Sky to work at uh, One Michelin Star Restaurant in 2013. Progressed my way through the ranks there from chef to party up to sous chef and eventually head chef before the opportunity came to buy Edinburgh Lodge, which is a 500, about 478 year old former hunting lodge. I had the opportunity to open that with my dad. He pitched the business pr- proposal to me and I jumped at it really with a bit of hesitation to begin with as it was a very, very old building with a lot needing done to it. Uh, but once we got some old clothes on and uh, a good couple of pairs of hands, we stripped it all the way back to its walls, uh, external walls, 470-year-old stonework and um, rebuilt what is now a five-star 4AA Rosette Michelin recommended restaurant with rooms and literally just uh, living the dream now to be honest and doing everything that I ever wanted to do. Yeah so it's um, it's, it's certainly a destination and um, Sky in itself has kind of become you know it's always been somewhere that like lovely to visit it's become quite a sort of busy tourist spot so how, how have you found all that over the years how have you found it's changed like being from Sky and like living and working there? I think since the sort of boom of social media uh, with Instagram in particular probably around about I really noticed a difference around about 2015, 2016, that everybody was was coming here. So I didn't really appreciate Sky for what it was when I was younger, when I was growing up. It was, you know, probably everybody's like that anywhere. It's just where you're from. You take everything from granted, what it's about. Uh, I moved away to Glasgow and whenever I was coming back, I was taking more and more appreciation for everything about the island from the community to the the beautiful landscapes to just the way of life here and that's sort of been opened up to the world now as everybody can see it at the at the touch of their fingertips by their phone uh they have it as an extension of their hand through their phone they can really see the beauty the tranquility the everything that sky has to offer and now what's been sung and shout about so much is the produce that sky has to offer something that i knew all along but i didn't really understand how great it was uh, I've said to people sort of before, the way that things get done here, they certainly used to whenever I'd be growing up in my mom and dad's house. If my dad did a favor for somebody, they might not necessarily pay him in cash or whatever. They might just drop off some lobsters or langoustines and squat lobsters and things like that for him. People really look after each other as a, as a community like that. The produce really is just second to none. We take it for granted, but it really is something that now is being seen probably on a worldwide scale how much of it leaves here. It is so busy on Sky throughout the summer in particular. It does still drop off throughout the winter months. As much as people will say, say to you, you know, Sky's not seasonal anymore. It's an all-year-round business. It is very, very seasonal. It is so much busier in the summer months from sort of April to October, and it can really just sort of drop off throughout the winter. That doesn't mean that it's a bad time to visit. It just means that it's when so many more people do visit throughout the summer. Winter in Sky is incredible. You have incredible sunsets. You have complete peace. You have clear roads and you have different landscapes as well by seeing frosty mornings and seeing the real beauty of the whole island as well. With and- produce in mind from Sky, was that always the kind of vision for Edinburgh Lodge to kind of showcase that? And how do you go about creating the menu? So obviously the produce is something that's very 
close to my heart. Um, in particular, as because I, I've, I've grown up here, I've got the real advantage. And a lot of the time I'll say, it's not what I know, it's who I know. <laughs> because our our producers and our suppliers aren't just people that I've worked with over the years. They're people that I've grown up with over the years. They're family members, they're friends, they're friends of friends. People that I bump into the local supermarket here. It is a first name basis. It is people that I've I've grown up around, and I feel a complete responsibility to make sure that, that produce is looked after. That we don't mess about with it too much. That our flavor profiles are going to stay connected to the habitat that that produce comes from. That we're not going to be. So that's where my food style really comes from, I suppose. I, I'm not putting avocados and things. I'm not putting mangoes, passion fruits anything like that really instead it's going to be seaweeds it's going to be uh, local herbs it's going to be everything that can bring the produce up and make it sing as well as it's things that's making total sense for me to be honest I, I always believe that if people are coming to sky they're coming here to see the landscapes they're coming to get a feel for the whole area but they're also i would hope that they're wanting to taste what is about here so that's why we will say that we have this taste of sky menu absolutely make sure that we have at least the main protein from sky on every course and if it's not then it's going to be everything complemented there so we'll have the likes of uruglanded hake monkfish we'll have portree landed langstines crab scallops everything across like that but where there's things that we can't get from sky the likes of there's no dairy farm on sky so we'll use the likes of mulch cheddar uh, but we'll garnish it with some Heather honey from Breckish, which is just sort of 12 miles away. We'll make a celery sorbet from some organic celery, which has been made by uh, West Coast Organics, which is just six miles away from the restaurant. And we garnish it all with we uh, wild herbs and things that have grown around about the restaurant. So if we are going away from Sky, we're still complementing it with Sky. And I think that's super important. So we are a tasty menu only. And I never look at that as being like a restricted menu. I always look at that as being a completely accessible menu. You know, if I ever go out to eat somewhere, I want to eat everything. I want to get a taste of whatever that chef is doing, whatever that region has. Um, and I can never choose anything in a menu either. So I really look at it as like, instead of choosing one or two things in a menu, you get everything. I'd never look at it as being, oh, you know, you have to have this. I think it's more like, you know, why don't you try this? And if you've never had hand dive scallops before you need to try hand dive scallops like this so you were recently named scottish chef of the year at the scran awards what did that mean to you and your team i really hope it meant everything to the team that it meant to me because it was a huge honor for me i, I thought it was really cool i was i don't know if you see me that now i was literally just like completely shocked <laughs> um i was yeah totally blown away by it i have just the most utter respect for everybody in that category and everything that they're doing to promote scottish foods to get that scottish food scene to be seen there worldwide it's a region of the world that's been overlooked for so long that i I don't ever look at that as being an individual award. Like it was very cool to have been called Chef of the Year, but I still look at it as the amount of work that the entire team's putting in all the time. Um, I couldn't ever get any sort of accolade like that without everybody getting behind the vision and implementing that vision in day to day of everything that we do as well. So, like, we hold ourselves to very, very high standards no matter what it is. But it absolutely goes down to every single member of the team and they should be incredibly proud of everything that we've done so far and what we still continue to build on. Yeah. 
We've talked about your restaurant and um, your menu and things, but when you do get some time off, where is it that you like to go and eat? I love to eat in in Scotland, to be honest. If I get the opportunity to go in Scotland, uh, there's incredible restaurants that I've eaten at, even just in the past six months. I've eaten at Glen Turret. I've eaten at Andrew Fairley's. I've eaten at The Gannet. I've eaten at Unalom. Every one of them, uh, I'm just like so happy each time each time i'm eating in every restaurant I, I just think the scottish food scene in particular is just so strong you're pretty much spot for choice now when it comes to glasgow edinburgh the east coast of scotland up in sky as well like there's some incredible restaurants about here i love to go to loch bay it's literally just around the corner for corner from us i love everything that michael does there um it's super relaxed so much refinement at the same time in all of this cookery you have so many different restaurants across sky like uh, and different vibes as well like cafe cool uh, is an amazing place i think you've done you've done an online interview with claire before anyway but what she's doing there is is really cool she's just like a brunch menu really nice home-cooked food but with refinement as well and it's everything you really want to eat and everything you would want out of a brunch with a amazing scottish twist on it i tried to go to london as much as i can basically because it's just a complete parallel universe from sky i think that's a reason why a lot of people from london come to sky uh, almost every turn you can you can drop into an amazing restaurant you can get something amazing to eat and just the whole hustle and bustle of the whole city as well my probably my favorite restaurant in london right now is fallow I, I love the ethos behind everything about it and drop into it you can get one or two courses and you can get on with the rest of your day or you could sort of make your way through quite a few of them and, and, and make an afternoon or an evening of it as well very laid back very relaxed but absolutely packed with flavour and all of the sustainability side of things with it as well. No, it's, uh, it's a lot of good a lot of good options. And yeah, Sky is, is for such a small place, it does seem to sort of have so many like award-winning restaurants. Do you think that's just the produce as well, coming back to it? I think so. And I think a lot of it's, I think a lot of people are really in the same boat as me is that it's not just the fact of, you know, picking up a phone to like a mainstream supplier, you will be getting langoustines from maybe like your next door neighbor or somebody you went to school with or at any any time one of those guys could pop into the restaurant and you know you need to make sure that you're doing them justice you as much as you could be nervous or whatever cooking for a inspectors or michelin inspectors if you're cooking back the produce for somebody that's given it to you like it needs to be banging <laughs> so like you need to be on your toes for just about anything that at any point but we do have things right at source here you know it's not there's no real middleman with a lot of things to get that understanding of a product and then also to get it at its absolute best it makes our job a lot easier but it's great for the guest as well you know it's great for somebody to be pulling up to a restaurant and see somebody jumping out the back of a van with like two massive bags of scallops or coming with like tubes of prawns or 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 whatever it's there's traceability there and that's a massive thing i think for anybody whenever they go out for dinner now and you know that we can't really pull the wool over people's eyes with this well you have to be completely true to it and uh, i think that's just like super important for, for lots of places and um do you have any future plans that you can tell us about maybe not a few i can tell you about <laughs> not quite yet uh i've got since we were awarded four zets last year We've just kept sort of going strength to strength. We've picked up accolades, but we've also just picked up the game for the restaurant. Uh, we've got an amazing new sommelier. We've, we're, there's more focus and everything we're doing. And I feel like it's getting recognized in Sky, outside of Sky, and by our guests immediately that are returning as well, is that we're just trying to get better all the time. And it's nice that it is being recognized and I'm getting 
quite a few opportunities coming my way every now and again. So there's nothing I've really pulled the trigger with yet. For the immediate future with us, we're making a huge commitment to sustainability and about a huge commitment to our carbon footprint as well whenever it comes to our veg as well. It's probably been our, our weakest game. We've tried to get everything as a main protein. Between trying to get things that are actually grown on the island, it is difficult. We use the likes of uh, Viewfield's Garden Community Collective. So they're an incredible garden. We use West Coast Organics, which we get deliveries from. And then we've, we've tried to grow quite a bit of our stuff in the grounds that we have, but it's been difficult uh, getting the right sort of light and getting the right sort of space. So we're in the process now of putting in like an 85-foot polytunnel. We're making a huge ground clearance. So we're going to be hopefully completely self-sustainable for all of our veg by the beginning of next year. So into next year, just about everything that we can put on the menu is either going to be grown on the island or grown by us so we've got an amazing partnership with uh, Edinburgh Primary School just across the road they've recently put in uh, a lovely polycrob they've got raised beds there that the children get involved with learning about what goes into growing fruit and veg from a very very young age and then we go ahead and use some of that in the restaurant uh, my groundskeeper will go over and then we we have access to their polytunnel as well so everything from courgettes to cucumbers and tomatoes and all sorts of things like that we're using in the restaurant which we weren't before we were getting either in from just outside the sky or we'd be getting in from inverness but now it's really getting that traceability and that carbon footprint back to us so there's lots of exciting developments we've got uh, another two rooms just being built right now so we've got an amazing lounge that we've just put onto the side of the building and we're putting in these two uh, disabled access rooms as well which are going to have two beautiful gardens out in them that are going to be private access to the river coish letter that just runs behind the back of the lodge so yeah, a really exciting year ahead for us. And we just look to just keep moving strength to strength, to be honest. Well, it sounds great. It sounds idyllic as well. And with the school, you've got, you're getting your future customers in early. So that's good. Yeah, future staff, future staff. <laughs> <laughs> Get them in young. Okay. Uh, we've, we've actually got amazing local staff as well. Like we have people from outside of Sky. We have people from outside of the UK. In fact, my Sameli, like I said, I actually went through uh, the government to, to sponsor her as a certificate of sponsorship. So she's come all the way over from Slovenia and she's amazing. The The actual local staff that we have are just great. And, and they know the suppliers as well. You know, they don't just know them as suppliers, they know them as people. And I think that's really, really important as well. And there, there's an all-round experience for all, all the guests that come in that there is that traceability and that that connection between our staff, our guests and our, our, our producers as well. Well, it sounds great. I will need to come and visit you. I say this to you before, but I need to come and visit because I've never been. Yeah, so, um, definitely. Yeah. No, please do. Please do. I'd love to. <laughs> I, know, I'll, uh, I don't know if I can, but if you've got a snorry dog, I'll maybe try and bring my snorry dog as well. <laughs> is he, is he, is it, you still hear him snoring? I was hoping that wasn't the case. No, 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 you can. <laughs> you can. I'm just worried. I think mine's going to sleep somewhere over there as well. All right. Okay. Um, no, I, I can hear him. I'm just not sure if it's pulling up. <laughs> he's, a loud, he's a loud snorer. <laughs> well, thank you very much and congratulations again on your Scan Award. It was lovely to Oh, well, thank you very much. And th thank you to everybody at Scotsman for considering for me for it as well. It was, like I said, it was a very, very cool tagline to put beside uh, my name and very cool award to, to have won. Yeah, I couldn't be happier to have got it, but also just totally humbled by it and just, again, how much respect I've got for everybody else that was in that category. It was, uh, yeah, very cool. Well, thank you very much. I 
I am joined by Stevie McLaughlin um, of Restaurant Andrew Fairley at Glen Eagles and also a recent Scran Award winner. Hi Stevie, how are you? Good morning, very good, thank you. Good. Before we get on to talking about the awards and everything you've been up to, for anyone that doesn't know and hasn't listened to our last chat, could you just sort of give us a little insight into your background and how you got into where you are today? I was, I was a school leaver, tail end of fourth year, with not very much. I achieved not great standard grades and one ninth of a higher, which was craft and design. Skill seekers had come to our school and they had asked me what my likes were, what my dislikes were, what my mum what did, what my dad did, their jobs, a few questions, punched into the computer. The computer gave me a printout and said, you're going to be a welder or you're going to be a chef. And I thought, great, I'll be one of those. So from there, I got a day release. It was one day that I'd been taken to Annie's Land College. And in the morning, we did welding, which was phenomenal. Loved it. Went for lunch and I thought, okay, cool, we're going to be a welder. Back in in the afternoon for the second half of the day, and it was almost like a home economics type of classroom. There was a, a teacher, she made shoe pastry, she made chocolate clairs. I tasted the chocolate clear and I thought, it tastes amazing, how do you do that? And it was at that moment I thought, that's what I want to do, I want to make that. And then, and, and then from there, enrolled in Glasgow College of Food Technology at the time for an NC in professional cookery. My lecturer there was a man called Willie Pike, who I really bonded with, and he got me a part-time job in a restaurant in the town in Glasgow as part of my education. The irony of that was the restaurant was the customers cooked their own steak, which was a bizarre kind of concept for me. So the customers would come into the restaurant, they would order their dinner, and they would cook it themselves and barbecue set in the table. But from there, I was responsible as, as a young young guy for the vegetables, the sides, the, the salads. I didn't realise at the time, it wasn't until looking back that I loved the responsibility. I loved the banter. I loved the regime, the discipline of it. Did an NC in professional cookery, which was a step up academically. It wasn't quite for me. There was less cooking. I was much more into my cooking then and reading about cooking then and learning about chefs then. Part of my second year was a placement. And this was the moment that kind of all changed I used to travel past one day in Gardens on the bus to college to and from, and I knew that was the best place in Glasgow. Pavarotti was there, Michael Jackson was there, the Spice Girls were there, so that for me told me it was the best. I didn't know anything about the food, certainly knew nothing about the style of the cuisine or who the head chef may be. I wrote a letter, I wrote a letter to the head chef who got me in for an interview for a placement. I vividly remember what I was wearing that day. Dark blue jumbo cords, had a green and purple striped shirt, and a purple leather tie with a big eye with a horse on it, a black leather jacket, and a pair of brown shoes. Up the steps at one Demonshire, ding dong, rung the bell. A chef came and spoke to me, massive presence, big hands. I could really feel he had a love for what he was doing and took a real interest in what I was wanting to do. Turned out that man was Andrew Fairley. He offered me on a Thursday my placement, so it was college hours on a Thursday. So I'd been there on every Thursday from nine o'clock in the morning till after lunch service. And I would be serving salmon for mousse. I would be picking salad leaves. I would be taking the shells off peas. I would be pulling the leaves off herbs. There's all these jobs I'd never done before, but I was loving working in this environment and it was part of my college course. I didn't know what the next stage was. All I knew was it was a placement in a really small kitchen with big characters in the kitchen. 
it was just the responsibility. It was the it was the detail of what we were doing. There was something just in me ticking away. Andrew realised that it was before Christmas. Actually, he went up to Christmas, offered me part time work Tuesday nights and to stay a full day Thursday, which he paid me for. Getting a bit more involved in the service, getting a bit more involved with the team, learning new skills, starting to taste things, starting to work with the chefs, doing less remedial tasks, having more responsibility. Absolutely loved it. And basically from there, as a daily student to part-time to full-time comedy chef, genuinely is where I am now. Well, that sounds like quite an outfit as well. <laughs> When you showed up for your interview, <laughs> I was. I, I was. I'm kind of in a weird way. In a weird way, I'm kind of. I think I would still wear something like that, you know. Maybe not. Maybe not a thin leather tie. But but I don't know why. I can tell you. I could tell you. I don't know why I can tell you. I can that that's what I wore, and I remember it so vividly. I remember walking up the steps. I remember ringing the doorbell. Lots of things and little bits. I remember. I couldn't tell you what I wore the day before or the day after. There was that moment in my life that was. Pivotal, you know. Mm. Uh, and have you ever welded since? Never. No, I've never. No, never. <laughs> I've only met, I, I mean, like melting butter is probably about the closest we would get, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I've never welded, but I still remember that morning. There was oxyacetylene, there was MIG welding. It was brilliant. And I've never had a need to weld or cut metal. <laughs> but, I, I, but I also think that if I had have gone down the welding route, if it had been the other way around, and if it was shoe bun in the morning and it was welding in the afternoon, I'd be I'd be a welder. You know, it's just the way the world works, it's the way things fall. And you know, I really what was really, really fortunate for me was it was the man I met and who he was and how he worked with people and what he wanted to get out of people, what he wanted to put into people was a big, big thing for me, you know. And is that something you've carried forward, like in terms of you now, obviously you're running the restaurant, you, is that something you've sort of remembered and carried on? Yeah, hugely. Every every single day, without fail, it resonates with me that moment. And I probably think that's why I can take you back and discuss it so vividly, because it's something that I try to put into to our people, to our team as well, you know, and impart my own, you know, style and feeling on it as well. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you're running restaurant Andrew Fairley. Um, for anyone that doesn't know or hasn't visited, how is it that you shape the menu? So the menu's formatted. We've got we've got an a la carte menu, which is made up of starters, intermediates, main courses, and desserts with an option of cheese as well. From that, we've got the degustation menu, which is a 10-course tasting menu, predominantly taken from the a la carte menu, which is smaller versions of, plus there's a few kind of seasonal highlights that you'll find in there as well, real kind of local specialities um, that we would have to form a 10-course tasting menu. And again, the, the choice is yours. If you want to have one course or if you want to have three courses or if you want to have a table of two and one person have a tasting menu, one person have a two-course a la carte or a, or a five-course a la carte, it's up to you. We had we, we guests last night, table of six, and they had a four-course a la carte that we put in a couple of tasting course, tasting menu courses in their menu as well. So they made up their own kind of mix of menu. It really is, it really is your night. People say to us, what's the dress code? Because we have no dress code. It's, it's your occasion. Oh, that's good, yeah. Because you'd think you'd need to come all dressed up and be quite fancy. But people not. do. You know, people do. If Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Smith are coming for their, maybe their 40th wedding anniversary, you know, and Mr. Smith wants to dress in his kilt, Mrs. Smith wants to have a ball gown on, and that's great. Equally, if it's a couple of pals have just been around the King's course and, 
you know, they want to come in their golf gear, then it doesn't bother us at all. It's it's a restaurant, we set the environment, but it's up to you, it's up to us, you know, to you know, to tailor your night to what you want it to be, how you want it to be. Everyone's occasion is different. What's the what is the what is the beautiful thing about restaurant Andrew Fairly is really small, it's very intimate, everybody's got their own space, but everybody generally these days they're celebrating something. You know, so people are starting their night with a glass of champagne or a really nice cocktail. So there's a there's a nice bubble in the place, and that's the environment that we're working in. You know, people are working in a celebrated environment. You know, it's a nice it's a nice thing when you open your doors at six o'clock that you know the first person through the door is on great form. They're celebrating a birthday, an anniversary, a graduation, a night out. So you know, for a restaurant that's got fourteen tables, every single one of them is celebrating something. And it's such a, a well-known, well-respected restaurant now um, and has been for a long time. What kind of opportunities does that present for you and the staff? On so many different levels, it gives us the opportunity to, you know, A, showcase what a talented bunch of committed people we are. Also, Scotland's produce, the skills that people have. It gets a chance to people, gets a chance to showcase just what a fabulous restaurant will become over what is quite soon going to be 25 years. The restaurant's mature, but it's got a team of people who've been there. You know, there's a real longevity there as well. And I've spoken to you about this for an article not that long ago, because the Michelin stars were just announced in March. But what is it like to hold two and the work that goes into this? And, you know, you guys have been the only two Michelin star restaurants in Scotland for a long time. Are you kind of, how will it feel if anyone else reaches that milestone? If anybody else in Scotland achieves a second Michelin star, it would be an absolute thrill. Because all of the chefs that I know that are one star restaurant, one star chefs, they're all good guys. They all work very, very hard. They're all striving to be as good as they can be. Everybody wants to be as good as they can be. And they're giving their customers amazing experiences. That's that's what we do. And if you know, if there's a second or a third or a fourth two-star restaurant, I'll be I'll be over the moon. Most of these most of these chefs are pals, you know, male and female chefs out there, they're friends, they're people we know. It's a tiny wee world. An advert for Scotland, it's phenomenal. An advert for Scottish produce, for Scottish chefs. It would be phenomenal. I'd be thrilled, thrilled to bits for them. Yeah, it's um, when you talk about Scottish produce and Scottish chefs, it's always uh, it's nice when people really appreciate that because I feel like for so long Scotland's had this persona of like deep fried food and deep fried Mars bar and no one's very healthy, but like there's such nice produce coming out of Scotland. So to be celebrated in the Michelin Guide and have more restaurants, especially in Glasgow, have stars, like it's been quite a nice couple of years just to sort of celebrate Scottish produce. So I think it's this, the deep fried Mars bar and all that kind of stuff and I think that's I think that's going gone. I think because of the way that not just chefs are cooking, but the way that people cook at home, people people source differently at home now as well. You know, people do genuinely want to eat raspberries at home at this time of year. Game cookery is so much more popular now as well. You know, the amount of friends who ask me where can I get this or venison, where can I get that? Well, mushroom foraging, people who are growing their own, people who are you know culturing their own dairy making their own bread, all these things are fantastic for the development of, you know, it's, you know, for what is an amazing, an amazing larder. So just to come back to more recent times, um, you just won a Scran Award um, for Outstanding Contribution to the Industry. What did that mean to you and your team? I mean, the guys were over the moon. They were thrilled to bits for me, to be honest. They were really, really pleased for the, rec- you know, for the recognition that came with that as well. 
What's really nice as well, not just chefs, front of house, team members, past and present, have been in touch to say really well done and very well deserved. It made me feel proud, actually. You know, I'm I'm proud of what we do, but actually for you know, for a moment for myself, I was I was proud as well. You know, I was proud for what I had achieved, looking at what everything that's been put into the industry as well. But it kind of makes me now want the people that we've trained to go on and train their people and work in that fashion as well. It's about growing, sharing and developing and nurturing is key. You know, the nicest thing for me was, um, I know that Andrew would have been proud as well. I got a a big high five and a big hug from him, you know, which makes me feel great. That's good. So the last time we spoke, you were just about to reopen after COVID lockdowns. How do you think things have changed? How are things going? Has it been good, bad, sort of are things back to normal? Back to normal as in back to what it was, no. Um, there's so many things are completely different. Reopening a restaurant where we are so, you know, quality is our most important thing. And then right on the back of that is consistency. So we need to be consistently great quality in order to be what we want to do day in, day out. Certainly, certainly produce, first and foremost, as a chef, was really hugely problematic. It was very, very difficult to get what we had before and just automatically bring it back in. Even when we were speaking with suppliers in advance of coming back, and hopefully to reopen with a similar menu, albeit in a different season, certainly the style was the same, but there was a real inconsistency in the quality of the produce. A good few of our suppliers had diversified and been on to look and do different things. Picking up the phone to the fishmonger, I'm just expecting what we'd ordered two years ago to come back to. It's just, it, it just couldn't happen. It wasn't there, not for our suppliers' point of view, but from you know their suppliers and their suppliers that went away back. Everybody had completely changed. Because it all stopped and there was no demand for it, no running demand for it, no consistent demand for it, we had to accept that we had to source a bit differently. We had to source other places. We had to work slightly differently with our suppliers. The great thing with that is all our suppliers are friends. So you can have a conversation with a supplier from a business point of view, but also from a friendship point of view. And they developed our business and we developed their business to be back to where we are now, which is not what it was, but now is the new normal, which is great. And it's again it's you know it's it's evolution, it's development and it's and it's you know and it's taken hard work and it's taken it's taken a real steeliness to get us to where we are now, back to being a place where I I know we're working in a better restaurant. Well, it's nice that something like that has come from what it was because it was uh, a really strange time. So, finally, you've mentioned that the restaurant will be twenty-five years old soon. Is there any future plans that you can tell us about? One hell of a birthday party <laughs> for sure. Not quite sure what that looks like, but it'll be a big boy. There'll be ice cream, jelly, and bouncy castles for sure. Plans for the restaurant is to keep doing what we do, to do it how we do it, and every year, genuinely, what we want to be is a better restaurant. We. We only work with brilliant people. We love what we do. We love how we do it. Training's key, I think. Bringing the right people in, working with them properly. Simple things like, really, really simple things like a great staff team, a brilliant, a brilliant uniform, having equipment that we need to do the job we do, access to the senior members and their experience, lots of conversation, and just generally building our restaurant to be as good as it can be. Our restaurant's solid. You know, we are, we are really, really happy with where we are. It's, I dearly, dearly believe that it's about, you know, we've lost so many people as an industry to other industries. 
It's about getting these people back and letting them see that we're going to we're going to pay you properly. We're not going to work you into the ground. We're going to look after you. We're going to teach you. We're going to give you a trade. We're going to understand that you need to be at home and you need to be at home. We're going to give you proper holidays. But, but as an industry, we need to, we need to do that, and that is that's a big big part of of my role in the industry, not just at Restaurant Andy Fairly, but for the but for the you know for the bigger picture on the whole thing, is to understand which I do, what's going on out there, and you know, kind of really understand really understanding what people want and where people want to be to attract people in and to keep people in and for them to go on as good as they can be. So so important. Well thank you very much for your time and congratulations again on your scan awards. Thank you. No, no problem. Thank you very much. Thanks so much to Callum and Stevie for being my guests on this episode and thanks to you too for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Scran. Do look out for next year's Scran Awards when nominations open in the new year. Scran is a laudable podcast that's co-produced and hosted by me, Rosalind Erskine, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Kelly Crichton. 